This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. What do women with breast cancer really want after they've been diagnosed? Is a long survival time the most important thing to them or is it good quality of life and cost-effective care? Now, healthcare providers may assume that they know the needs of their patients, but in true patient-centric care, there should be um, a systematic method of assessing patients' needs and incorporating them into their care. So for the first time, Malaysia has a needs assessment um, tool for breast cancer and that's been developed by the Social and Preventive Medicine Department Department at University of Malaya, as well as with the Hospital of Kuala Lumpur. So joining me on the show today is Professor Dr. Nirmala Bhupati, Professor of Epidemiology at the Faculty of Medicine at University of Malaya, to share more about this tool and how it can help patients in their journey with breast cancer. Thank you so much for joining me today, Prof. Nirmala. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, for our listeners out there, if you have any questions or thoughts you'd like to share, you can call us at double seven double three two nine hundred. You can WhatsApp us at zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine, or you can tweet us at BFM Radio. To start, Prof Nirmala, what do we actually mean when we talk about the needs of breast care pain- patients? Is it not just about their treatment? Uh, well, the needs. Of, it's just like anyone without disease. When we talk about needs, our needs are wide. Mm. It's not only medical. It can be pertaining to our social life, our daily life, what we de- what we need um, to live well. So likewise, in women with breast cancer, when we talk about needs, we, we tend to think, as, as a healthcare professional, a lot of people, including myself, we tend to think that what women need when they have breast cancer is medical related. Mm. But that's not the case because most often our lives, we are intertwined and we need a lot of other things, including social support and many other things, financial well-being to ensure that our medical needs are addressed. So it's not true that when a person has breast cancer, all they need is medical care. It can be more than that. And only when we address all those needs, we can be sure that we have provided the best and patient-centered care to them. Mm. So traditionally then, Prof, you know, do does, this, does the social aspect of patients' needs um, come into the equation when clinicians are providing treatment? The answer is yes and no. It's, mm. it's sporadic. It's not, it's not um, consistent. Mm. So what happens is it's usual, as um, I've also been in clinical practice before, and of course, when we are talking about the management of patients and talking to them, we, we do take into account their socioeconomic background, you know, like where they come from, what their cultural values are. But usually what happens is that only happens when, for instance, we have a person who is from a low-income family mm-hmm. and when we are managing them, we we know that they may not be able to afford some treatment or they may not be able to come back many times to get their therapy. So it does happen. It's just that it's not systematic. And that can be a problem because not all patients have labels on them, you know, mm-hmm. like... So, so so a lot of people have a lot of suffering or wants or need that is silent. And mm. in, in our culture, people don't say out things that they need. And which is why I think we thought that having a tool or a questionnaire, I think mm. tool sounds very scientific for a public audience, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a questionnaire or... Uh, so having those kind of items uh, or having those kind of questionnaires helps patients 
tell what they don't normally don't talk mm. to the health systems, to the paid professionals and so on. Mm. Yeah, You're sort of opening a, a channel for patients to voice out what their needs are, right? Exactly, exactly. So, so even if they are too shy to mm. talk or they are apprehensive and sometimes a person, a patient or their family members may have a lot of questions, but when the moment they enter the, the consultation room or even the hospital, they may forget or they may have so many things. Or another common common issue is that, you know, like uh, in the public health system, especially, the doctors don't have a long time to spend mm-hmm. with their patients. So when they the, the, the patient or their family members have this sort of questionnaires, they can fill it up and, you know, like they can bring it in. And mm-hmm. that, that makes things a lot more smoother. Yeah. Before we get into the questionnaire, Prof, I, this is, I understand, the first time that Malaysia has um, such a questionnaire in place for cancer. What is the significance of us having this sort of assessment? You know, um, Are there tools available by other countries that we could have used instead? There, okay, let me answer. Yes, the answer is there are available tools. So they call them needs assessment tools. And we have a couple from Australia. Mm-hmm. Australia has always been in the forefront when going to towards patient-centered care, especially in cancer care. And uh, we do have a, a couple of questionnaires from um, one from Korea mm-hmm. and we also have from US. So and uh, I let me go back to why we wanted to develop our own. So uh, about 10 years ago, we were approached by our collaborators in the Netherlands and they gave us a sample questionnaire that they said, can you please test this out in your patients and mm. see whether this is something that will be of use. And until now, when I remember that, I, re- I really remember at least one item from the questionnaire, you know, like when you are in the hospital, would you like to have a bed with a view? That mm. was, that was, oh, I need a bed with a view. That was one of the items, you know, like, and I, when I look at, look back, that was 10 years ago. And until now, I don't think that is something that is really relevant or something that will apply to our patients. Here we are asking, like, I would like to have a bed, <laughs> you know, like. In the some context is very right? different. Yeah, the context is very different. And, and then we realized that not everything that is being included in those questionnaires apply. And likewise, there are many things that our patients need that are not listed in those questionnaires. And the first thing that I thought was like the need for conversations on traditional and complementary medicine. These are things that are, you know, like the common questions that patients have and they normally do not have a channel or they're too shy or too afraid to ask. So mm. I think the context is different and which is why we wanted a culturally specific um, assessment method. Yeah. Mm. So could you elaborate a bit more than what exactly is this questionnaire? How does it work? How would it be administered by healthcare providers um, in a setting where a patient comes in and has been diagnosed with cancer? Okay, so we, we developed the tool and uh, it has got 48 questionnaires in it and it covers different domains or areas. So it will talk about uh, physical needs, mental health needs, um, financial needs. So I'm just giving areas, but not. But when we look at the questionnaire per se, it doesn't divide. It, it is not grouped that way. It's just a list of items. Mm. And uh, patients are required to read them. And they're all phrased in the daily language. It's, so it's not very, uh, very relatable. Very relatable. So I can give an example like, mm-hmm. I need a job once I complete my 
treatment. You mm. know, like so it is it's it's even phrased in an easy language. And some of it in especially in Malay, it's all in Bahasa Pasar, you know, like mm. because when we write in Bahasa Malaysia it's very different. So of course when we started developing the tool, we wrote them in academic language and but the thing that is unique about how we develop the questionnaire is it has been developed with patients. Mm. I think that really is an important attribute that I wanted to say because um, when a questionnaire is developed and comes from the clinicians or you know from the researchers, mm. it can be something that we we can miss some important aspects that patients are talking about. So it was something that was de- developed with patients right from the time when people we were talking to patients mm-hmm. and uh, we were having like a lot of focus group discussions, talking with a group of patients about what they need, what's missing. What uh, what would they need the health systems to support them with, and and that's how the the, the ideas came about. And of course, we also did some cross checks with what is being included in questionnaires elsewhere. So mm. just to make sure that we don't miss them. And then, of course, it's a back and forth process with the, the patients and patient support groups and NGOs who deal with patients, also with the doctors, uh, nurses, psychologists, and counselors who who deal with patients and speak with them and know what are the daily problems. And then we refine the language to make sure that the language is something that everyone can relate to. And then we have this list and we moved into a scientific process. Mm. And yeah. Mm. So that means that this list is not something that's just asked by the doctor and the doctor fills it out, but a patient themselves can read, can go through the list and fill it out themselves because they can un- they, they sort of they understand what's being asked of them. Indeed, indeed. So, so the the questionnaire works in a, in a way that first of all, it's in two languages. Mm. It's in English and Bahasa Malaysia, and it can be administered by the patients themselves, by their caregivers, accompanying persons. And of course, it can also be administered by the physician, by the nurse, attending nurse, or, you know, like uh, if they are in an NGO setting Mm. and the NGO volunteers can also administer the questionnaire, can Mm. ask them. Yeah. All right. We'll go for a quick break now, Prof, and continue this discussion when we come back and find out more about um, the questionnaire and how it can be used to improve patient outcomes. On the show with me today is Professor Dr. Nirmala Bhupati, Professor of Epidemiology at the Faculty of Medicine at University Malaya. We are talking about um, a needs assessment tool for breast cancer that the Social and Preventive Medicine Department have developed together with Hospital Kuala Lumpur. We'll be right back after a quick break. Stay tuned to Health and Living, BFM 89. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Su And Joining me in the studio today is Professor Dr. Nirmala Bhupati, Professor of Epidemiology at the Faculty of Medicine at University Malaya. We are talking about um, breast cancer in conjunction with Pink October, but specifically about um, a recent questionnaire that has been jointly developed by the Social and Preventive Medicine Department at University Malaya together with Hospital Kuala Lumpur. And this is the NEATS assessment tool for breast cancer. Um, So we've been talking a bit about how it was developed, um, how the questionnaire was developed, Prof, uh, Prof Nirmala, I want to talk about, you You said that you you developed this with patients, right? You you spoke to them, you, you got their input on this. What were the broad themes that you got out of this group of people about what their needs actually are? Because I understand that a significant part of the questionnaire actually covered financial and employment aspect as well. So I, I, was that something that came across very strongly from the patient groups? Yes, uh, it did, it did. Um, so I think to to give some context, uh, what I would like to you know like 
share a little bit is even before we came up with the questionnaire, the first step was actually a large-scale study. Mm-hmm. And we did a large-scale study with uh, more than 100 women with breast cancer. So it's a series of studies. And what we did was in those studies, we asked them. So it was very conversational. Mm-hmm. We got a group of women, group, small groups, like five to eight of them getting together. And then we'll just, you know, like ask them questions. What, what are the needs that you have? While, while being diagnosed, you know, like the point of diagnosis as you move along and have they been met? What are the challenges and how you dealt with them? So it, it, the questions are all quite basic, but mm-hmm. they are very rich. They end up with very rich discussions because we have women from different backgrounds coming together and we conducted them separately in Bahasa Malaysia and English. And all those insights that we gathered from those interviews, they were used to populate the mm-hmm. questions. That's how we came up with the items or questions that we had there. So, and so with that, um, the themes that we, we, we started with very uh, broad themes, you know, like we said, let's look at the social needs. Let's look at the, of course, we have to ask them for the health needs, mm-hmm. but the health needs were not purely medical, mm-hmm. but also about living well, you know, like people, the moment they, they get diagnosed, a lot of them have concerns about what to eat. Can I exercise? You know, like, uh, can do I need to avoid certain types of food? And also on taboo topics, you know, example is sexual life. Mm. So, so being a, in a society where we don't really discuss this openly. So when we had the focus group discussions, we realized that a lot of people were struggling with sexual issues. And then also, you know, things like in, related to informational needs, they needed more information and they were not sure where to get them. And that is how, you know, people end up, you know, like seeking information in also non-scientific sources. And that can be a problem. So we, we so beyond the social needs, employment, financial, it was also some of them spoke a lot of, um, or not some of them, many of them spoke about the need for psychosocial support, mm. psychological support, you know, mental health support. And um, a lot of them wanted to be connected to patient support groups. I think uh, when we live in urban areas and big cities, right, it is taken that in many hospitals, people know that there are patient support groups and, you know, that that tends to be the understanding. It's taken for granted. Yeah, yeah. And, and also people, you know, they tend to ask me, you know, like these are things that are available, patient support groups. But when we move further away from the cities mm-hmm. and we move towards rural areas, the support system, while it's there, a lot of people or patients are not aware of those things. So... We, we found these themes emerging when we were talking to patients. And these are the, the areas that we are covering in, in the needs assessment tool. So broadly speaking, it's not purely medical. Mm. It's a lot of psychosocial aspects of mm. uh, living with breast cancer. With that in mind then, Prof, how can the questionnaire be used when it's done in a medical setting, right? How what what will how can the results sort of influence decisions that either the doctor or the patients make? Okay, that's a very good question because um, I think when we talk about needs assessment for breast cancer, the general impression is that it's a it's a questionnaire that we use in clinical setting. Mm. It's true that it can be used in the clinical setting, but the questionnaire is also something that we developed, mm-hmm. not only for healthcare professionals who are providing services within the clinical setting, but it's also meant for NGOs and civil societies which are operating in the community level, you know, providing other services to people living with cancer. And it's also something that health systems or, you know, like, for instance, Ministry of Health or some hospitals can use 
and and um, the use of the tool it's it's not just confined to providing services at the point of use mm. it is something that can be used to to evaluate what are the things for instance in a hospital you know like when you at when when a, a person is administering this questionnaire on a group of patients what they can gather is what are the what is the level of unmet needs in certain categories that you know like patients are facing their patients are facing it'll help them understand uh, problems like why, why people don't turn up on time um, why people are refusing certain treatment and and also how the the hospital is providing services what pro- services are providing are provided well that there are no unmet needs mm. but also what services need to be provided for instance sexual counseling if a lot of patients are saying you know i need i need help with uh, my sexual life sexual well-being it also means that the hospital has to invest in in um, areas where they are able to provide the services and and then the next question is also you asked about you know like if it's about everything then how are we supposed to use it in clinical decision making mm-hmm. the thing is that for a long time everybody has been operating in silo you know mm-hmm. like uh, so we think medical the doctors think medical and then of course when we go outside different sectors think only about the areas that they can provide but people are you know like they have needs across the board and if we don't start examining everything then there won't be opportunities for collaboration and partnerships and health systems can work with everyone and this is an opportunity if you find that uh, for instance patients are struggling to get jobs mm. after then they need to think how are we going to help our patients return to work or get them and then they start thinking who are the partners who are the stakeholders so Mm. But some of these issues, Prof, like employment, finances, these are also these are also linked to bigger policy issues, right? Beyond potentially the realm of what a doctor or a hospital, individual hospitals can do. How do you see a question like this being able to influence policy decisions as well? I think I think what I said just now also applies for larger, wider health systems or mm. policymakers. So when this um questionnaire is is administered or done repeatedly in different settings and then the data is collected from nationwide mm. they we can see already you know like areas where there is a lot of unmet need mm. and when when this we see this it's easier for health systems to prioritize we always talking about lack of funds and and what i'm get, talking about here today is all about providing or supporting people living with cancer most of the time um, a lot of the biomedical aspects of the disease of, of cancer is always the focus you know like talking about treatment and so on and which, which is really important but the non biomedical aspects or the social aspects psychosocial aspects of cancer determine health behaviors and whether patients accept the treatment whether they stay on treatment and how do they cope and get back to daily living mm. and and without examining it at a higher level and making comparison across regions and benchmarking you know like if you see some regions are doing better some hospitals are doing better and then what is it that they have that we can also adopt mm. in another place so i think this tool is something that you can use in the clinical settings in the community settings but also to evaluate performance of health systems to see whether they are gearing their services that meet the needs of people actually they are the masters at the end of the day the patients mm. are the one and the public generally mm. right so if we don't ask them what they need mm. 
then the services that we are providing will always be the same and there's no room for improvement. At the end of the day, we always hear about policymakers saying that we need numbers to, to implement policies. And this is one of the ways that we can get those numbers, those indicators on where the unmet needs are. Um, we also have a question from Cheryl, um, who's asking, Prof, what are your thoughts on where our healthcare budget could come in so that hospitals and the healthcare system have the resources to fulfil this unmet needs or gaps in services? Um, and specifically, should there be specific funding for patient navigation systems? Because I understand that something like that could help patients sort of address these unmet needs. I think I'll answer the second question, which is really easy to answer. Uh-huh. Should there be specific funding for patient navigation systems? Absolutely, right? So I, I can maybe allude to to what is happening in the US, for instance, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of hospitals employ patient navigators and financial navigators to help patients. Um, we we will aim for that, mm. but that that's uh, that's um, work in progress, especially with patient navigation. We see it coming, um, and and I think that that is definitely a yes. But what about talking about budget? Then mm-hmm. I think uh, it's always a chicken and egg story. So if we don't quantify. And I think with needs, it's very different. It's not like talking about how many patients survived or how many were treated, complete treatment. You know, Mm -hmm. like you can count them. But when we talk about needs, how are we going to quantify? Which is why we have the needs assessment tool, which makes it easy to provide the numbers. Mm -hmm. And with those numbers, what happens is that then if we have a certain budget and then we try to prioritize where the areas of unmet needs are highest. But as the health system grows, then they will be able to cater for, you know, like when they have matured, they will, um, at the hospital level, there will be a mechanism to make sure that when we provide the service in bulk and always providing that, the the cost can come down and then they can move on to the next uh, next area where the unmet needs are. But I think what what is important is also, you know, like um, when it comes to psychosocial needs mm-hmm. and, and non-medical needs, health systems are not alone. I think that's a message that I also would like to share here. So uh, sometimes when you talk about navigation services, there are a lot of partners out there from other sectors who can be roped in. So it's the job of the health system to identify the stakeholders. And again, going back to the questionnaire, by looking at specific areas, we can already figure out who might be that, that stakeholder. Mm. Do you think there are enough healthcare providers who are aware of this assessment tool and how they can use it in their clinic? Um, I think we launched in July this mm-hmm. year, and uh, of course we have been talking. So I think in the in the in the central region there is quite a lot of you know like like a publicity for the mm-hmm. tool, uh, and of course the other things that we did is that in a scientific manner it has been you know like published and presented, and and I I think. There is a lot of room for other healthcare professionals to learn about it. So mm-hmm. it's not only for physicians or it can be anyone who's in contact with patients and who would like to provide services. And I think in the in the NGO section as well, you know, like uh, it is being publicized, but this is exactly why I'm here in BFM, you know, mm-hmm. like we want more people to learn about the tool and see how they can use it. Mm. From the clinicians, the physicians that have used it, um, what has been their feed? What have what has been their feedback when it comes to using the tool or using or interpreting the results of the tool? Because as we've been talking this whole time, Prof, it's more than just their medical needs, right? How do clinicians feel about that? 
I think first I'll touch about even medical needs. Mm. You know, like for instance, um, one of the items in the tool says, you know, I need to be seen by the same team of doctors, if not the same doctor for every visit. And we can understand why. Mm. But we also know, I have been working in the public system and we know how it works in the public system. The doctor will be in the room and there'll be like 100 patients sitting outside. So it makes it difficult for the same doctor, let uh, same team, let alone the same doctor to see. And mm-hmm. it's always, you know, like something that we try to do, but not always been able to do. the the. So the the reason why I brought this up is when we sent out this um, questionnaires to be to our colleagues mm-hmm. who are practicing, they were like some of it are not achievable. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm worried. You know, like why are we asking things that maybe we are not able to provide? Mm-hmm. And my answer was exactly the reason why because we want to measure to what extent we are not able to provide. So we give ourselves room to improve. It's not a critique of the doctor. It's not, not at all. So so some of the items, uh, because that, like I said, because it came from patients, it's mm-hmm. exactly what patients want. Another item that patients ask is, I need help to cope with the changes in my body, like the scars that I have, mm. you know, like um, uh, especially in breast cancer, women may lose their breasts. So they, they need that sort of support. So so the things are things that came directly from patients and, and doctors will, as they go, they will realise that there are areas where we can do better. Mm. And, and then, of course, moving to areas that I have a lot of um, doctors asking me, you know, so I use this tool, how do I decide who needs help and who doesn't need help? Because mm-hmm. the tool is not a yes and no answer. It's so, a scale, right? Yes, it's a scale. So uh, patients are allowed to say not applicable or I have no need. I have a little bit of need. I have some need mm-hmm. or I have very high need. So then I say that this is merely a tool. So it depends on the resources that that is present. So some centres, they are very well resourced. They have a breast cancer resource centre. They have people to support. So they may decide that even a person, if a patient declares that they have moderate needs in some areas, they are able to address it. As opposed to in another place where there's only one patient navigator or there's only one nurse who's trying to juggle. And then they'll say, we will identify people with very high needs mm-hmm. and we try to help them first. So the tool is there. Mm. It can be adapted and used as needed, depending on the resources that is available in the setting, be it NGO, hospital, or so on. Mm. It's not a, the tool must only be used in that one particular way, right? It's really dependent on your situation, your context. Exactly, exactly. Even if there is zero services, I think um, what Mm. I'm trying to get at is sometimes what happens is we have a physician mm. or a team of um, healthcare professionals attending to patients. But it doesn't mean that, you know, like um, what what they offer is suppose that whatever that we are asking in the item in a certain domain is not available. But then that is the area that they need to develop, right? Mm. So they will know that by, by administering that. So that, that means that this tool can be used by anyone who's attending to a patient with breast cancer. Mm, all right. Um, I mean, it is probably too soon to measure, Prof, but, you know, looking ahead, how will you know the impact of using these tools? What indicators could you look at to determine if a questionnaire like this has had an impact on the services that a clinic or a hospital or an NGO provides? Um, okay, I think... Um it's not true that it's too soon because for mm. for in a clinical setting where the tool is used in, on a patient, mm-hmm. the patients 
when they go through this, they will be like, I have had patients who told me, you know, like, it's, this is exactly what I always think to myself. But I never had the time mm-hmm. or the energy to ask because I just thought that I'll be deemed as too demanding because I'm asking for a lot of things. So it gives the sense, even when nothing happens, mm-hmm. the sense that the, the patient is able to voice their needs is provided by the questionnaire. So they get the satisfaction that somebody's asking. They're being heard. They're being heard, exactly. And number two, there are a lot of items in the questionnaire that can be easily addressed. Mm-hmm. For instance, one of the items that we have is a lot of patients told us that they need written information when they're seeing the doctor, especially in the initial phases, about their disease and what is the plan that of treatment. It's simply because they are so overwhelmed and a lot of jargon. So they feel that when it's written on a piece of paper, just very simple terms, mm-hmm. when they go back and calm down, they can read it. So these are low-hanging fruits. So this immediately provides patients with solutions. But when it comes to healthcare uh, uh, professionals and we, when it comes to health systems, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. But this tool is also an audit tool because mm-hmm. what happens is when you administer and you see that proportion of unmet needs in certain areas are very high, but when it's repeated and we have implemented some services, for mm-hmm. instance, for improvement, and we repeat that that same measurement in, in future batch of patients, and when we see improvement, we know that we have done something for patients. So that is a measure of effectiveness or impact of the intervention. So this can be a tool to, mm. to, to measure the impact. Mm. Multifunctional. Yes, exactly, multifunctional. <laughs> to wrap up our conversation today, Prof Nirmala, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, looking at the bigger picture, what is your vision for breast cancer in this country? How would you like to see us do better to help people who are living with breast cancer? I think we are heading the right direction for mm-hmm. sure, right? Because everyone like to, I, not everyone, okay, <laughs> let me rephrase that. There's a lot of negativity mm-hmm. related to cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And we have come a long way from that and we are moving in the right direction. But what I think is from the point of health systems, cancer is not a problem of health systems alone. Mm. So it's something that we need to act with together and collaborate. There needs a lot of multi-sectoral collaboration Although we say we are short of funds, we are short of, um, you know, like resources, Mm. there can be pooling of resources either in the form of money or in kind. Mm. And a lot of the support and, you know, from this tool, taking not all of them require money. And for that, we can bring resources from different sectors. So we cannot act in silo. Everybody need to collaborate and there need to be commitment and political will. Mm -hmm. And that's how we move on. And, and make progress when it comes to breast cancer. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Prof. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. I've been speaking to Professor Dr. Nirmala Bhupati, Professor of Epidemiology at the Faculty of Medicine at University of Malaya. We've been talking about the NEEDS assessment tool for breast cancer, which has been jointly developed by the Social and Preventive Medicine Department at University of Malaya and Hospital Kuala Lumpur. I'm Lim Suen, and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.